Welcome to the Superpower Success Podcast. At Keystone, we believe exceptional organizations don't just happen. They are built by focused leaders that recognize their authentic leadership superpowers. Join us for a serious dose of inspiration. Welcome to the Superpower Success Podcast. Um, we have got a good one for you here today. So Andy Riswold, who is a dear friend of mine and somebody that I respect highly and always been just a great resource for me to bounce ideas off of from a business standpoint. He's the founder and owner of Forgotten Star Brewing. Um, so he'll, I'm sure he'll share a lot about that journey with us. But um, why I wanted Andy on here is because Andy has what I would call kind of a portfolio career. And he'll tell he'll get into that a little bit. But I think it's so fascinating because so many of us, and we get this feedback from people that listen to, you know, our leaders' journeys and the stories, is so many of us think we have to follow one single path, right? To success and that it has to be whatever you got your degree in. And so Andy's gonna bring just a different perspective to that, hopefully, and really share his leadership journey and what he's been able to learn from each of the experiences um, in that. So Andy, thanks for being here and, and, and sharing your story and all of your wisdom with us. That's a high praise, but thank you very much for having me, Jamie. I'm super excited for this. So I'd love you to start. I kind of gave a little bit of intro into your story, but not the details. So will you just share whatever you want to share is how have you gotten to this point in your success and what has that path and that journey been like? Yeah, so it really starts, you know, uh, the the quintessential uh, entrepreneurs start up with selling lemonade, right, at, at a on the corner outside your house. Um, so I grew up the son of a business owner. My mom uh, was an entrepreneur, is an entrepreneur, owns her own business, has owned several. Uh, my grandpa on my dad's side was a business owner um, and leader, and then my dad uh, is was a chief of police all growing up. So he's a you know a leader of many people. Uh, so I grew up in that environment of you know, being raised by people who led other human beings and uh, embrace that creative culture in our home. Uh, so literally it started with, we lived on a golf course growing up, uh, Burl Oaks in the Western suburbs of Minneapolis. And I would sell, we would go look for golf balls, you know, in the middle of the night, as late as our parents would let us. And then we would sell those golf balls back to the golfers with lemonade, you know, during the day, all summer long. It was super fun, but you know, growing up with parents who really embrace and let us do that and let us be creative and uh, chase those things was was really fun. Went to college. I graduated with an entrepreneurship and business management degrees from St. Cloud State uh, and then did a biomedical science degree there as well. Uh, right from there, I went to chiropractic school, uh, opened a chiropractic clinic in spring of 2015, uh, right out of the gates, right after graduation, you know, on the sixth floor of a building in the warehouse district of Minneapolis, no parking whatsoever. Elevator worked like a quarter of the time, a terrible location, but it was what I could afford. It was like 400 or 500 bucks a month. Um, and I grew my clinic from there. So from there, I moved deeper into the North Loop, um, you know, started with zero patients a week. And uh, by 2018, so about three years later, we were seeing somewhere between 200 and 250 visits a week, which was phenomenal. We grew into three locations, uh, had three or four docs working with us. It was a really fun journey. Learned a ton in that in that time, and in that time, I also, you know, got to explore some other some other business ideas. And one of those was opening a brewery. Thinking like, oh, this is you know kind of a pie in the sky pipe dream type thing. 
but you surround yourself with the right people and you keep having the right conversations and that pipe dream all of a sudden led to us signing a lease and a loan and now we now we operate a beautiful brewery in uh for the minnesota and now you are even on you know just kind of what's the next step and i think that's where you know a lot of business owners specifically get to is like what's next and what what's that itch that i want to scratch and you know the things that i want to do with the next chapter of my life and so how did that come about the analogy i use and it might not be a perfect analogy but for me and my generation and and you know 30 to 35 year old guys like me i compared it to uh like beating a video game right so the chiropractic clinic i felt like oh, i got to the boss level and i i beat that guy and i like what's what's the future look like and I get my brain gets bored really quick of doing the same thing over and over again. Um, so that that allowed me to have the capacity and time to really focus on the brewery. You know, COVID threw threw a lot of uh, wrenches at us, but we survived COVID. We opened in November of 2019, uh, so COVID really hit us right out of the gate. We built a killer team because of like due to COVID, and now we're sitting three year anniversary and. You look in the mirror as a leader and as the organization, you think to yourself, gosh, do they, what is my role really? Do they really need me? And it opens up a ton of capacity. So now I'm now I'm at a point in my career where I have capacity again and I really get to, you know, have those hard conversations with yourself, which are fun, but they're hard of what really brings you joy and what's the next thing gonna be. And that's that, you know, that's how you and I got to know each other. And uh, I think the next six to 18 months is going to be a really fun journey. Yeah. And I, I love that you don't have, you know, I don't, all the times we've met, you don't have fear about what's next because you've proven a certain level of success and you know how to do things. And you're like, I'll figure this next thing out. And I think your optimism in that is contagious. Um, and that's really what draws people to you. Um, I also love the idea of just searching for that next challenge, because I have this for people who are listening that are even in corporate roles. That's the way I was in corporate. Every 18 months, I'd be like, ah, where's the next big, hairy thing that we got to fix? And it's messy. And like, I, I was searching for that. So you can even do that, right? In a corporate career is you can find the next messy thing that needs your expertise, right? To figure it out. And you can also do that clearly as an entrepreneur. So I love that that, that idea of curiosity and challenge really applies. Um, what I wanted to know from you, especially because you've, you've been a leader, and you really came out of school, even almost into a leadership role, right? Building your own business is, is there a leadership moment that really shaped or formed who you are as a leader today? Like, do you remember a moment where you're like, wow, I didn't realize that's what I was supposed to do as a leader. Um, and what was that moment? Yeah. So right out of school, I, you know, I opened my own clinic and it was kind of like fake it till you make it mentality for lack of a better term. You, you know, you, you're, working you wake up every day and you just work 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 i and i feel like i learned a lot of leadership uh skills during that time but i never i didn't go into it with those skills at all the so the moment that really stuck out sticks out to me is uh so it would been would in april 2020 right right after everything shut down with covid my clinic partner at the time dr neil crane phenomenal leader great human being so i guess a little more context and backstory my wife and i had our first baby october right before COVID. Um, her name's Reese. Uh, in November, we opened the brewery uh, and then obviously COVID happened in March. So like a lot going on in that little short, short period of time, all with the underlying context of me and my partner, Neil running a clinic. 
um, which was not small and was not uh, on autopilot by any means. And he is the great leader. He is sat me down. We we sat down together in April uh, while every while the world was shut down, and he gave me he really gave me space uh, an opportunity to be super vulnerable, and to just to tell him like that. He gave me the opportunity to tell him how overwhelmed I was at the time. Um, and looking back at it now, coming from a partner and friend in that business, that meant the world to me. I mean, everyone was out. Uh, I feel like so many people during that time were out to protect themselves and their own family. The leadership trait to sit somebody else down and give them the time and opportunity to be vulnerable and empathetic and like just give them a hug meant the world to me. Um, so that's that, that's the leadership moment that sticks with me still every day. It, it meant the world to me then. And Neil and I continue to be great friends. Uh, he's doing great things with the clinic. And that, that one will stick with me probably forever. And it's amazing. You know, people don't realize the simplest thing, right, that he could do. Yeah. What an impact that you're talking about on a podcast three years later. Um, and it's mm-hmm. you know, what I hear in that is is what we talk about, right, at Keystone is, is the conscious leadership. It's just taking the time to have that conversation to, as we say, create the space for you to be able to share, for you to be able to talk about how you really are feeling right now, not just going through the motions in the day-to-day, how are you, right? And passing, like stopping to ask people how they really are. And I think it's something that's missing right now in a lot of leaders. They just don't know how to do it. Yeah, and it starts even the like a step back from that, right? It, it starts with thinking about somebody other than yourself. Um, it starts with actually opening your eyes and seeing the other people in the room. Um, and from there, being able to read them and and give them opportunity to be themselves. And I, I don't, to your point, I don't think a lot of leaders even think about the other people in the room. They think about what their job is and um, they're so dead set on focus on themselves where they forget to, you know, look at their team. So if you had to describe who the leader, like yourself as a leader today, how would you describe who you are as a leader? Yeah. So that's a tough question. Um in January of this year, we did an exercise here at the brewery with our team. We have a team of seven or eight now full-time employees, and we all sat around a table. Uh, we did an exercise and tell everybody what their superpowers are, and they and we included myself. So hard for me to answer that question, so I'm going to read their answers to answer this question. Um, they, they say my the leader I am today, the superpowers that I have, I'm empathetic, patient, available, approachable, and helpful. Um, and I, I would agree with them. I, I don't, I certainly don't know all the answers at all. I, they know that I don't know all the answers, but I'm super approachable and available for them when they need, they need guidance. Right. I also, I give people a ton of autonomy, like a ton of, I want them to, I want to put them in a position to do their absolute best work. I don't need to tell them how to do their job. I don't even need to tell them necessarily like what events I want or what beers we need. I, that, that's not me. Um, I want them and their creativity because that's where they find joy in their work, right? Is like putting their fingerprints on things. Mm-hmm. I want them to have that opportunity. Um, and I think that's where we've really struck a chord with our team and why we've grown so quickly. So question for you on that, because, you know, there's a lot of emotional intelligence in what you just said, right? And you've, it's not like you've been doing this for 20 years and it's not like you got a leadership degree or organizational effectiveness to teach you. That's how you were supposed to do it. Where does that come from? Because I think there's a lot of leaders that would agree with everything you're saying, but naturally they, that's not what they do. They either live in fear, right? And they're showing up totally differently. Like, 
how do you continue to do that? And where did you learn that from? So, yeah, I think it goes back to the environment I was raised in, right? I was, I was raised by parents who let us, who let us, you know, scrape our knees and screw up and, you know, chase dreams, right? Not everything I've, I've ever, I've ever worked for has worked out at all. I mean, we've highlighted two great businesses that, that I've worked on, but between those, there's, you know, dozens of you know, quote unquote failures. And you learn through the people who support you through those failures, what environment works best to get through them. Uh, at least that's how it worked for me. So if I can, if I can create an environment where it's okay to screw up, like I've screwed up, where it's okay to be creative, where it's encouraged to be yourself. I'm, I don't want, we don't want drones. I know that the, the right thing is going to come from it, right? It, it might not be super successful, you know, the next week or the next month or on the PL, it might not look great, but over time, the right thing tends to always, always happen. Yep. I love that. It's a great focus for all of us. What's the biggest challenge you're facing right now in your role in the business and, and how are you, how are you tackling it? What, what's, where's the headwind for you in 2023? With the brewery, it's, it's the biggest challenge is, you know, we always, you always want to grow, um, but we're also at a, at a point where we're okay not growing at the level we've grown over the last since we've opened we're okay kind of taking a step back and i think our biggest challenge this year is really focusing on our culture um like we have a strong culture i i we have a great team but it can always be better so this year we're putting a lot of focus on our people we gave them all uh stipend stipend dollars this year to go up educate themselves so if they want to go to a conference we'll pay that they that which is pretty rare in the brewing world but we encourage it and we want them to use that money uh, beyond that, growing without adding, growing while keeping an eye on profit margin is tricky, um, especially in this industry where capital investment is so, so important to like, you know, new tanks, new equipment, all this stuff, new, more space. So to grow creatively uh, has been a challenge so far this year. Um, we're doing things like we're renting out equipment, we're renting out space, we're doing things we haven't done before. Um, it's gone pretty well so far, but those are our two biggest challenges is growth without adding a bunch of expense and really investing into our people. Yeah, I love that. And I know you are for sure in the, in the, you know, brewery industry, but even, you know, in the peer forums, that is where we met actually, right. With leaders mm -hmm. around you. And you, you're one of those people that people definitely want advice from and, you know, and they look to you to say, how are you tackling this? And what do you see as the biggest gap that leaders have got right now, or the biggest thing we need to be working on, like for the leaders listening, like, where do you see it in the leaders you're talking to? I think, and you and I have talked about this a number of times, but it really holds true um, over and over again in every all these conversations that I've had with other leaders and other managers, C-suite uh, people, is we spend a ton of time and a ton of money on our on our leaders, right? On on our C-suite, on our super upper level managers. And I think the biggest gap, I know the biggest gap, is in those entry level management positions. I think they are put into those positions, not based necessarily on what their resume says, but based on the potential they have or they, the potential they have and how they fit as a, in the culture. Um, but they're lacking a lot of refinement and business basics that I, I truly think if we can refine those, those skills and, and put those managers in a place to think like a business owner and to think like upper management and to think like the C-suite, everybody's job gets better. The culture gets stronger. You get more creative ideas. You get better problem solving. But like I said, from all the conversations I had, that that whole group of people is more or less ignored. Uh, and if there's a focus on it, 
and there's a, a program for them, I think that they have the opportunity to really change businesses from within at the at the foundational level as opposed to to being directed and try to change from the top, right? Try to try to try to instill those those foundations from the base and move up. Right. Cause that's where the resiliency needs to come in, right? They're close to the issues. They're in the issues every day. How do they react to them? Right. Make good decisions, those types of things. And we absolutely see this. I would say almost, I can say a hundred percent of clients, even if there's strength at the top, right. And you've got a really strong C-suite, which sometimes it's a mix in terms of true leadership skills. The gap is always in the middle and that's where communication falls flat it's where right you retention issues start there because those are the frontline people and a the lot of resentment a lot yeah. of resentment is underlying in there too it's it's a bunch of in that middle ground there's a bunch of people who think gosh they, i need them to i need the c suite to walk a day in my shoes i need them to understand and they build this subcon it can be conscious or subconscious they build this this kind of resentment or this this you know sandpaper resilience this feeling of not fair right Mm-hmm. Um, where if they're given the tools and the opportunity to stand, really understand at the at why the C-suite is making decisions they are beyond a, a, a memo or a meeting, but under, really understand the business basics, those philosophies, I think I think that whole temperature of the conversation changes. Right. And it requires creating the space. So some of mm-hmm. our most successful clients, meaning they've been on this journey with us for years, they create the space for those level of leaders to be in the strategic conversations, right? It's They're not the ones starting from scratch and saying, where should we go? But they're creating those places for them to understand it, for them to have a voice in it, right? And that's where the buy-in and the ultimate commitment comes from, is if we allow them in to be part of the conversation instead of just tell them what we need them to do. Yeah, exactly. That, that feeling of being left out or uh, the feeling of being just told what to do. Humans don't want to be told what to do. They want to be part of the decision-making of what, how they're going to spend their time, right? And right. I, you said it perfectly. Getting them to be part of the conversation as opposed to being told is key. I love this. Okay, so to wrap up this conversation, and then we're going to go into some bonus questions. But for the leaders that are listening that are like, yes, I be- I agree with you. This all sounds great. Where do they start? Right? What guys like they're they literally turn off this podcast, not yet, um, but at the end of it, and they're like, all right, I'm motivated, I'm inspired. What do you what's one thing you just re- say, go do this, go try this? I think for first is obviously if they're already at that point and they're and they're thinking, they need to remind themselves that when their employees leave their office, they have a, another life. They need to make sure that when they as an employee shows up for work, they should leave in a better mood leaving work. They should never leave in a worse mood because of what happened in your office. I, I, I you hear those stories and it just breaks your heart um, because it's not that life is short and it's meant to be spent with people you love. It's not meant to be in an office working on a report, right? So they should be leaving more fulfilled and filled with joy going to their home as opposed to resentment, anger, fear, sorrow uh, from from whatever they did during the workday. Um, so first is, you know, remind yourself that, that they have a life outside of, of work and that you, your job as a leader is to provide space for them to leave more fulfilled and bring more value back to their family. From there, uh, just reach out to, to us. I'd love to just have a conversation and talk to you about where you are on your journey with, with your teams, what your team looks like, where your strengths and weaknesses are. A, a simple 30-minute conversation goes a long ways. Obviously, there's there's no charge, just a conversation and would love just to understand where you are in your journey as a as a leader, where your business 
where your business is and where you want it to go, hearing how your managers are affected by the decisions you're making. I'd, I'd love to have that conversation. Yeah. And what I love is a couple of things. So our definition of positive culture, and I don't know if I've shared this with you or not, but it's exactly what you just said is a positive culture is a place where people leave every day better than when they came in. And Absolutely. when I say that to a lot of leaders, they're like, oof, yeah, I don't know if I'm creating that. Right. It's the opposite. They come in high energy. We drain them all day long with meetings and reports and bad interactions. And then we send them home to their families, crabby and stressed out. And we yeah. have to flip that for them to stay. Right. I mean, we have to create an environment where people don't feel that way. Well, and for so many reasons, too. Right. Because so put yourself in the spouse's shoes. Right. They your your partner gets home and all they do is complain about where they just spent eight hours like. Right. that's not and that doesn't that's not fun when it's terrible so then the seeds are planted at home of you got to move you got to get out of there yeah yeah it, it, it's not worth it very very true and then the other thing i heard right is it's is who you just innately are and that's why we connected is find a coach find a mentor find somebody to talk through these things with because i think as leaders we try to fix it ourselves we try to bring it to our spouses, which I just don't believe they need to be in that level of like, because they will, they only see one side and you've mm -hmm. got to find somebody that you can talk through these challenging things because business is challenging. And who is that? And so be careful. You're offering yourself up there because you <laughs> very well might get some people calling. Um, if there's pe the people who are listening to this are the people that I want to talk to. That's, that's for sure. If, if, that's if true. people are actively listening to this this podcast and this interview these those are the type of people i want to surround myself with so that's a that's a good thing yes i love it it's the, it's the growth mindset type of folks so i love that okay so i want to get into the bonus round of questions um and these are just kind of fun i mean some of them are a little deep but um they're fun questions just to kind of to shift gears just a little bit so my first one is because i'm really interested i want to know that your answer to this is if you could have a billboard <laughs> Right with anything well, on it, what would it be and why? Gosh, what would it be and why? So there's this, there's a quote that a patient gave me years ago. This is you know first year or two in in practice. Um, he's very successful uh, in his own right. And I asked him, I said, "What advice do you have for somebody like me who's just starting out?" And the quote he gave me was, "It's really simple. It's just because I said I would." And without context, that doesn't mean a lot. So I don't know if it belongs on a billboard, but with context, it's. If you, if somebody asks you to do something and you say you're going to do it, you freaking do it and you do it with a hundred percent effort. You do it with all your focus. You do it with everything that that person who asks you to do something deserves. And you do it because you said you would, you don't say something and then not follow through on it. So that, that quote really has stuck with me. I'm not perfect in it. I have certainly screwed up in my, <laughs> in the last five years. There's certainly things that I've overcommitted on that I had to back out of, which is Mm -hmm. horribly humbling but that quote holds true if, if you say you're going to do something you figure out a way to do it and you do it to the best of your ability you don't just half-ass it you don't you don't get it done and check it off the lifts for the day you freaking do it like it's the last thing you're going to do and that and that's his, how he explained it to me and man that just that really stuck it stuck with me it still does um so if i had a billboard i would figure out a way that quote it. with some version of context on it i love it okay perfect what does being ridiculously human mean to you? I think it it means being willing to be vulnerable with people who look up to you. So people who might hold you in a like a powerful position in their head, right? Like you're you're their boss, you're their leader, you're their 
it could be their spouse, could be their father, being willing to be vulnerable with them and be very, very real and strip away all of the, you know, all the armor plating that, that we put around ourselves all day. So essentially, you know, getting rid of those social media filters and being real and, and letting other people know it's okay for them to be vulnerable with you as well. I love it. And the last question, what do you hope the world looks like in five years? That is, that's a, I, I, I hope, and this is probably going to sound super cliche, but I I just hope there's a lot more joy and a lot less fear. It's been so sad for the last three, four years, seeing how much fear and sadness there is that we're just inundated with, you know, fear, fear, fear. I don't want my children growing up in that world. I want, I want my daughters to understand that it's okay to be joyful. It's okay to be yourself. I, I just want more, more happiness and joy as opposed to the fear that we are in, inundated with today. I think in the people that are going to be listening to this, I know that's, you know, they maybe put other words on it, but that's what we all want is by having these conversations and by influencing each other, right. And reminding each other of what it means to lead in this way. And when I say lead, I mean, lead in our families, lead in our communities and lead in our businesses. It goes far beyond the office walls. And we are the ones that can change that. I do believe we have control, but it, it we have to change the dialogue and we have to be here for each other to have these types of conversations like we had today. So I truly, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate you being vulnerable and coming on here and sharing because it's so important for leaders to not just hear from me. They already know this is a lot of how I feel, but to hear mm-hmm. from other leaders who are successful and are figuring out a way to do it with joy instead of fear. You know, and so thank you for being part of that. I truly appreciate it. And thank you for giving me the opportunity. And to the listeners, you know why I do this, right? It's a labor of love. It takes a lot of time, but it's because this needs to be a place that fills your bucket. And so when I bring leaders on like Andy, that is my goal. And I hope that's what you continue to get. So as always, we'd love to hear from you. We'd, you know, subscribe, share this with somebody. If there's a leader in your life that you're like, you know what? They need to pick me up. They need to hear what he just had to say. And I think it's going to help them. I think that's the biggest gift we can give each other is sharing those moments that will fill our bucket and allow us to keep fighting the good fight. So to to this whole community of listeners, I just want to say, I appreciate you. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure and hit that subscribe button so you get the latest episodes as soon as we release them. And remember to keep maximizing your unique leadership superpowers. It truly is the key to building success, both in your career and in life.